The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our sermon this morning is based on already our third lesson from the book of Habakkuk. What we've been doing in these last few weeks is just going a little bit uh, at a time through this book. And um, I invite you to, if, you, if you're just joining us in and on this sermon series, to go back and read the earlier parts of this book. Here we're going to pick it up in Habakkuk chapter 2. So if you're plugged in with us on Zoom, you're going to want to open up your Bibles there because what I like to do is just go through these words just a little bit at a time and, and show you this teaching that he's, he's placing on our hearts and minds. And if you're with us here at the church, we're, we're right there on page 11. So here's what God gives us today. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by his faith. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest because he is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. This is the word of the Lord. I want to just track with you briefly about where we are in this, in this book, in this message. So the book begins with the complaint. We saw that. And, and Habakkuk lays on God's heart all the things that, that he wants God to get involved with. And that makes sense because if, if we really want things to change in our lives and in the world, to whom must we turn? To God. And then, and this makes sense too, God responds. And strictly speaking, this is what we saw last week, he responds with a rebuke. And so we talked about how to, how to receive that rebuke well. Well, this is going to make sense then too. Well, what happens next for Habakkuk? After Habakkuk has exhausted all of his words and all of his accusations for the way that God is running the world, what must Habakkuk now do? He has to wait. In fact, if I could just summarize what we just read. It, the, this lesson goes a little bit like this. Habakkuk says, God, I'm going to wait. God, I, I, I'm going to see what you're going to do, what you're going to say for me. And then God says, that's a good idea, Habakkuk. You should wait. 
That's what he says. And it's going to seem like it's going to take a long time, Habakkuk, but, but it's going to come. The revelation is going to come at just the right time. And then God says, while you wait, I want you to wait with faith. That's what it says. Like, so this is the big message that, that Habakkuk, this is, this is a big, hairy goal that Habakkuk has for each one of us here today. And this is our theme, that we want to wait, and we want to wait well. And by the way, this is a big, big deal in the Bible. This is, this is, the, this is at the core of everything, isn't it? Like, this is classic scripture after scripture after scripture, psalm after psalm after psalm. They say, we, the believer says in his or her heart, God, I'm waiting on you. God, I'm climbing up on the rampart and I'm watching for you. Now, here's the catch. It sounds pious, right? It sounds religious. It sounds like the right thing to do. Like Christians like to say, I'm waiting on God. But does anybody actually know what that means? And does anyone actually know what it looks like? Our goal today, our prayer today, the Spirit's goal is to help you to see and to picture and to illustrate what it means to wait on God and what it means to wait on God well, so here I've got three metaphors for you. Waiting well is going to mean that you wait like a soldier, first of all. Second of all, it's waiting well is, is going to mean that you wait like a runner. And then third of all, de definitely not, you're not going to wait. And we'll get to it, so this is going to sound confusing, but we'll get to it. You're not going to wait like a hungry boa constrictor. I'll explain what that means later. But first, I want to show you that we're going to wait like a soldier. Here's what, here's what Habakkuk says. If you can visit verse 1 with me, he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. So we move into a military metaphor. Like he, he's wanting us to see Habakkuk climb up into the ramparts and like a night watchman, stand there and wait. Like Habakkuk is saying, I'm going to do my duty. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do the things that God calls me to do. I, I, I'm going to be about service. I'm going to be about, about obedience to God. I'm going to do my job as a prophet. I'm going to climb up the ramparts and do what I'm supposed to be doing while I wait. That's duty, see. That's a military metaphor. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, I'm going to get all desolute. He doesn't say, I'm going to, I'm going to lay in bed till 12 p.m. He doesn't say, I'm going to give up. He doesn't say, I'm, just going, to, I'm going to just lay it down. That's not what he says. So part of waiting well is that, that you see that the things that God calls you to are duty. He calls us to obedience. Now, most of us are civilians here. I know of maybe one veteran, she's sitting right there, who's not a civilian. But anyone who's in the military can tell you this. They value duty. I, I listened to a podcast called, called Serial. 
Maybe there's some fans out there. The second season was about, was about Bo Bergdahl. Remember this? Where he was on duty in the military, and then he just walked off the job. And then the Taliban captured him, and then unfolding over a decade, he was prosecuted by the military for what they call desertion. That's how seriously they take duty. Like if you just walk off the job, you know what's not going to work in the military? Is if, if you just say, you know, I just didn't feel like it today. Or I, I was getting a little tired, so I just went to bed. See, that doesn't work in the military, and civilians don't sometimes get this. You know, I looked this up. I, I had to look this up. I wondered to myself, when was the last time somebody got prosecuted and then executed for this? Did you know they used to do this? If you would go AWOL or desert, they call it desertion, in World War II, a guy was actually executed for deserting. Good thing we're not in the military, right? We live by grace in the church and through Christ. But what I'm trying to impress in your heart, when, 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 Habakkuk, when Habakkuk grabs for a military um, metaphor and he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my duty. I'm going to climb up on the ramparts. I'm going to become a watchman like God calls me to. I want to impress on you the, the seriousness of that. The truth be told is because of Jesus calling on your life because of his redemption of you, because of his gifts to you of salvation, peace, and joy, in a sense, you're no longer civilian. You are a soldier. And so when you're waiting, you need to do your duty. Now, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. Sometimes, the waiting is hard. Like, like the doctor finds a lump. said, so we need to do a scan of that. And then you have to wait for the results. Waiting's hard. Or you're waiting to meet that person you're going to marry. Or you're waiting to see if you're going to get accepted. You're going to wait to see how God's going to provide. Waiting can be hard. And when the waiting is hard, you know what clarifies what we need to do in those moments? You do your duty. You climb up on the rampart and say, God, I don't know what you're doing in my life, but I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to keep on praying. I, there was once a pastor who told the story of a, of a parishioner who wrote him a letter and said, Pastor, I don't know if prayer works. And the pastor wrote back and said, you know what for sure doesn't work? Not praying. You see, God, He wants us to do, whether it's prayer, whether it's service to others, whether it's a being a husband or a wife, we can't just lay it down while we're, while we're waiting. We must get up on the ramparts and do our duty as Jesus has done for us. That's the first part of waiting well. We wait as a soldier. Here's the second thing. We wait as a runner. I want to show this to you. Look at verses 2 and 3. 
Now we're getting close to the very core of the book of Habakkuk. Look at this. For the very first time in the whole book, we get this. Then the Lord replied. If you go back all the way to Habakkuk chapter 1, the Lord's replying and he's saying stuff, but we're never told that. We just figure it out. But here, for the first time, it's like God sanctifies and glorifies what's going to come next. So he says, then the Lord replied. We know it's coming from God. And he says, write this down. And he sanctifies it further and he says, make it plain. And I don't know if that means big letters or or the language is going to be understandable for all. He says, make it plain. And then he says, this is going to be a message that's so important that you're going to put it into stone. Like Ten Commandments, kind of permanent. Like It's going to be plain and it's going to be in rock. And this is what it's going to inspire you to do. Look at what it says. So that a herald may run with it. So Habakkuk was going to have a word so clear, so powerful, so moving, so life-giving, so energetic, that, that while you're waiting, and we already said that waiting can be tough, it's going to give you the strength not just to walk, Now, what's that message going to be? It's what comes next. It says, It speaks of the end. It will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Now, there's a little bit of uh, debate about what what does this mean? Um, Here's what Luther says, and I agree with Luther. Luther says it's not an it, but a he. Though he linger, Wait for him. He will certainly come and will not delay. Who is that? It's Christ Jesus. He came once as promised. He became incarnate through the Virgin Mary. He died on the cross for us. He rose from the dead. He said it was going to be that way. And then he said, I will surely come again. It's going to feel like a long time. It's going to feel like, I don't know, like you're waiting for the G train or the ghost train, or it's going to feel like you're waiting for the Q18. But he's coming. Now, this is, this is so animating. I, I just want you, I want you to just sort of soak in that because... Because sometimes, if we don't, part of waiting well is just to, to, to let that animate our hearts and to believe it. A few years ago, there was this um, mini series, it was longer than a mini series, called a, um, Manifest on TV. And I started watching this show, this show called Manifest, and it's about, about this plane flight where all of a sudden, the, the people on the plane and the flight itself just disappear. Like, for years they were gone. And so there was this one family, they tracked this family, this wife lost her husband on the flight. And you know what she did? She got involved in another relationship. And then all of a sudden, 
the husband was back. She didn't wait well. She moved on. And then the show, it was painful for me. I had to stop watching the show because a man always says this about me, like, you take these things too personally. But I had to stop watching the show because I kept thinking about the pain in that family. Like, oh my goodness, the husband shows back, shows back up in her life and she's married to some other guy. That's what it can mean when you don't have a clear word and an animating word from God. But we do. Jesus said, I will surely come back. And so this is what we need to do. In a sense, like, have you seen those things, like those people who put it on the mirror, like this phrase on the mirror, or um, have you seen those people, you put it as a backdrop on your iPhone to remind you of this truth, that he will surely come. And that is a life-giving message. That is something that animates us. Like when I was a kid, um, when the teacher would leave the room, you know what we'd always do? We would goof off. But when we heard her footsteps on the way back, you know what changed in us? All of a sudden, we got good. <laughs> you see, when we, when we have a clear message, when we have a true message, when we have a, a truth that has a heartbeat, that makes that truth run in our lives. So that's, that's the second thing. We've, we've now seen, we've now seen, that we want to wait like a good soldier. We also want to wait like a good runner with a message that animates our life. And then finally, I want to tell you what you shouldn't do. And it's this, do not wait like a boa constrictor. <laughs> and I want to show you this. Like, there's the, so what, what Habakkuk does here now is he gives to us this, this comparison. And, and he shows us how some people wait badly and how some people wait well. Here's, here's how some people wait badly. He says, see, he is puffed up. This is verse 4. And I want to skip ahead a little bit into verse 5. He is arrogant and never at rest because he is as greedy as the grave. And like death is never satisfied, he gathers himself to all nations. So when you don't wait well, you know what you always think to yourself? i got to do more. And I need more. In fact, what, what Habakkuk actually says is that there's a hellish existence. You see, see, hell is never being content. It's always needing more. It's always and always pursuing it apart from God. This is a hellish kind of hunger where you're always gobbling and you need more money and you need more wine and you're never actually at rest. You know what it reminded me of? Like this, this big mouth that's swallowing more and more and more. Here it is. It's the boa constrictor. Have you ever seen one of these images? Oh, it's... An, I saw something in my youth that scarred me. I saw this boa constrictor in the middle of eating a deer. Have you seen one of these things before? Like they stretch out their mouth. What a gut bomb. Like that, that's, that's worse than eating like two or three hamburgers. But this, this, is, this is what Habakkuk is showing us. Apart from God... That's all that life can be. 
But there's another way. And this is what he says. In the middle of, of that boa constrictor gobbling things up, he says this. But the righteous will live by his faith. And now we've, now we've arrived at the very core of what it means to be a Christian. I mean, this is, this is, this is what actually animated the, the Lutheran Reformation. Like, the Apostle Paul, this was his Romans right here. Like, this is quoted repeatedly throughout the New Testament that, that we're going to set aside works and our salvation comes by simply placing our faith in God. But I want to I I lean into this in a special way and emphasize this today. It says this, the righteous will live. And that means at least two things. It means... That, that when we place our faith in God, when we stop this, this pursuing of things and gobbling up like a, like a boa constrictor, it means that we'll live eternally with God one day. Like we say in the Creed, that we believe in the resurrection of the dead. Like that, that is often where Lutherans place our like our focus, like we, one day we will live with God forever in the new creation. It means that, that we will live by faith, but it means a second thing too, and this is what we often forget. This is what one of our Lutheran creeds says. Here he writes first that people are righteous by faith, by which they believe that God is reconciled. And he adds, and this is so important that we get this, he adds that this same faith makes alive because it produces peace, joy, and eternal life in the heart. So we will live one day by faith with Christ forever and ever, amen, but we will also live now, and that, that peace, that, that life looks like peace and joy, even under attack from the Chaldeans. Even under stressful and difficult times. You could think about it this way, that this is the Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament. Someone said to me this, or earlier this week, and it, and it really struck home. Romans says this, We know that in all things, God works for the good. God works for the good in all things. What if we actually believe that all the time? Have you thought about that? What if we believe that all the time? That our faith would, 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 would cling to that and say, you know what, God? Despite whatever is happening externally, on the inside, I'm saying, God, I don't know your plan. In some ways, I don't get it. But what gives me tremendous peace is that I know that you're the same God that saved me from sin. 
You're the same God that has my name written in heaven. So I'm good. Peace with God then and now. We will live. So, we've seen that that to wait, well, it means to wait like a soldier. It means to, to wait like a runner and definitely not like a boa constrictor. I was trying to think of an animal that would sort of portray like this, this peaceful mind and heart that's trusting in God, but I couldn't think of one. You're going to give me one later. But we're going to leave it like that, like not like a, like a boa constrictor, but a, a mind and heart at peace by faith. Let's pray. Dear God, in a sense, all of our life is a life of waiting until the fulfillment, until your coming. Sometimes we feel it more than in other times. When we feel it, the waiting, help us to wait well, Father. Help us to wait by doing our duty obediently. Help us to wait with, with an inspiring and life-giving message that Jesus is coming. And finally, to wait, to wait um, just at peace with your plan and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.